Welcome back to Fitness or Fiction, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the hype of the health and fitness industry. Every week, we dig into a new topic and help you wade through the real information to make solid decisions on your fitness journey. And boom, we are live. It's about damn time. It's been a hot minute. You've been having babies. Well, not you personally, your belly. (laughs) My wife did have a baby on the day we were supposed to podcast. Sorry about that. Yeah. It was, like, extremely inconvenient to me, but, you know, whatever. You have to have family and babies. Don't, don't mess with Leo. He'll slap you around. Is he? Is yeah. he tough two we- dude? Two weeks old. He'll give you a headlock. We got Will, Lucas, and Leo. Yeah. My dad asked me if it was short for Leonard, and I was like, no, it's Leo. It's a centuries-old name. It's a standalone name. There's been 14 popes named Leo. Plus, it doesn't have the word nerd in it. <laughs> <laughs> So anyways, it's all very yeah, strong boy the, boy names, very strong names. Yeah, Sarah, I don't think ever thought that we would have three boys. She grew up with all girls, so she always pictured herself having girls. Yeah, I was like, sorry, baby. Well, and I've just been Ill. sick. Yeah, you be ill in. You know, I blame drinking sanitizer for the last two years from the COVID response. I've just been, you know, drinking it, bathing in it. Wash my eyes. That's your problem. So you're yeah, just supposed to it put it there. on your hands. <laughs> <laughs> so my immune system was shot. I've been sick twice in a month. So hopefully I'm my suit my immune system. Like there's just a, an army in there now rocking for me. Are you eating food or? Yeah. Well, you should. Yeah. And sanitizer. <laughs> Fair. Fair. Dip, I dip my roast beef sandwiches right in the sanitizer. You need to go back to barbecue sauce, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, well okay. Today. What are we talking about today? Well, this is your baby, but you want to talk about life being millimeters or getting after life in millimeters. Oh, man. Yeah. So this this topic, Leo's my baby, not this, but, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this topic came to me in a conversation with somebody that was newly diagnosed with MS, which... For me, I've had a lot of people reach out and say, hey, my friend just got diagnosed. Can you talk to them? Because I have some subject matter specific experience on that. Mm -hmm. Um, But in speaking to this person, we were talking about some wisdom that was imparted on me by a fellow by the name of Samuel Morgan. Mm. And um, when I first got my diagnosis, you know, it's, it's pretty, it's rattling. There's a lot of stuff going on, but you have to figure out what your way forward is. And it, there's a lot of kind of overlaps with the training in life when we start talking about how to deal with challenges. Mm-hmm. And Sam was like, listen, I made, some, I made some choices I shouldn't have early on, things I didn't know at the time, but you need to know for us, the good decisions stack up less than the average person and the bad decisions stack up more than the average person. Mm-hmm. And it got me thinking a little bit. And so I was, I was speaking with this person and I basically said, you know, I'm just guy that I know that's pretty good told me this and I actually think that it's true and far-reaching in a variety of realms so I figured it was worth talking about because if our mission is to help people get more educated and have a better outlook on their exercise and better information on their exercise I think it's foundational um, to the process to really discuss the stuff behind it and and the mentalities behind it Mm -hmm. so so where do we get started with this this millimeters conversation? What do you mean? Well, I think we can talk. Let's. It would make sense to talk about like the concept a little bit first, and then kind of hash it down into fitness. Yeah. Sure. 
So I think there's a positive and a negative side to life being about millimeters. And this is, there's two parts to this. First of all, life is more about the process than the outcome in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Like the process is what makes the outcome have value. Yeah. So somebody that can just bench press 300 pounds the first day, that doesn't mean anything to them. Somebody who's had to struggle for it for five, six years, you're going to see a little bit of a celly when they get there, right? Yeah. I've always told people, like I've been, I've constantly been telling my clients too, like struggle is kind of makes the reward that much sweeter. And they've like disagreed with me, but I'm like anything that comes too easy to you that you actually don't struggle for is kind of less valuable. Yeah. My martial arts teacher said to me back in the day, he's like, you're super talented which means you are at the biggest risk of not continuing because you didn't have to work to get to where you're at. Mm -hmm. I was like, ooh. Yeah. That's spicy. Mm -hmm. But there's some wisdom in it, I think. So, yes, when you, when you look at, at life being about millimeters, these small movements, um, the positive end of things is that if you do something over and over and consistently practice it, you're going to see the outcome of that. And that's something I work with my kids on, especially Will, because he's a little older to understand it. But it's like, yeah, you want to be good at that. Here's the effort that it takes. And when you consistently do that, here's the outcome. Because it's not obvious to a kid that the more you work at something, the more you get. Yeah, no. So I think that's a huge lesson. But there's this negative aspect to it as well. And it's not just in physical culture, let's call it. It's actually this is kind of a universal concept in my view. So like, even if we think like we were talking previously about the concept of tyranny, you want to hit on that one? Yeah. Tyranny. Well, I don't really know how to explain it. Like you brought that up better than I did, but so how would you go from being a person who's living in a, a society of freedom versus tyranny? How would you make that change? Yeah. Essentially we were discussing that it was, if you're trying to gain gain control, you would take as much as you possibly can until you reach a little bit of resistance and then you would kind of draw the line and stop and be like, oh, this is where I draw the line. And then you wait on it a little bit and then you try to edge an inch a little bit forward or take another millimeter or two more and see if you get resistance. And if you if you get a little bit of resistance but not too much, you know, you might keep those that inch or that those couple millimeters that you took until you start to get in resistance and Sooner or later, day by day, month by month, if you keep taking an inch, sooner or later, you're going to have a mile. And then that's when you have essentially reached that tyranny aspect or you've lost your freedoms or you've lost that, that, that ground. Yeah, I think that that's an important part to this conversation to, because the positive and the negative side of it are both, it, they're both bound by the same structures. It's kind of like, well, you take this little step after little step after little step. You could put that as learning a language, learning a new movement. You could put it as almost anything, um, creating a new habit, all of this stuff. But on the negative side too, it would be like, well, I know that these things are good for me. And when I do this, I don't feel great. You could talk about social media this way. I've talked to a lot of people that they're like, when I'm on social media, I'm no longer living in what I'm doing right now and how good it is. Look at what other people are doing. And I'm, I'm being like, well, self-loathing that I'm not doing that. I've talked to a lot of people that talk about it like that. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, so how much do you want to expose yourself to that? How much scrolling should you do? And it's like, well, the more you go down that, there's this kind of rule with your, with your brain. The more you put energy into something, the more you're going to get out of it. Your brain's going to drive you towards that more. Mm -hmm. I think hand in hand, like, you know, these inches or like these millimeters we're talking about too is your daily habits. So on like a health and wellness or just even a lifestyle perspective, 
if you have a can of Coke every day with dinner for 364 days, that's, uh, that adds up to be a lot of sugar versus if you just have a can of Coke once a week. You're only having it for 52 weeks instead of 364 times, right? Like 50, 50 cans of Coke is a hell of a lot different than uh, 364 cans of Coke. Yeah. But it adds up very, very quickly. But it's so easy to have like a Coke with dinner, you know? Like you go to Costco, you can buy a pack of Coke for, you know, 30, 32 cans. They come in huge quantities. That's, that's an interesting comment on this whole idea of life being about millimeters because does it not seem to you like making the choices to go down the negative path are almost easier? Oh, 100%. And it even goes hand in hand. Like I, I really, I play more video games than you do if you play video games at all. But um, I definitely don't play every single night and I definitely do not sacrifice my sleep for video games. And I think a lot of young people do. I know a lot of young guys that I talk to and you know, in the age gap between 10 years, like 10 years forward or 10 years behind me, a lot of these guys are like, oh man, I'm so tired today. I'm like, why? Like I was playing video games till like 5 a.m. I'm like, why would you do that? Like midnight is bedtime. Like 11, 11 p.m. I start telling the guys I'm playing with like, oh, only a couple more boys, like a couple more rounds because I got to shut her down because I need my seven to eight hour sleep because I know that I'm going to feel like trash after. Same thing. Like I need to drink a fair amount of water every day. Otherwise I'm going to feel like trash. Because you're getting a little long in the tooth. You're like, you went for the early bird special for dinner. And then you're like, guys, I got to go to bed at 11. They're like, yeah, rookie. (laughs) Got to take my Alka-Seltzer before bed, my warm milk. Put your dentures in the the right solution. (laughs) Yeah, but no, like that that adds up if you do that every day or days in a row, days in a row. That is a fact. It's kind of interesting. I hadn't really thought about it from that perspective, that sometimes the stuff that you know is negative is... It's almost more alluring and easier to do. Like crappy food is cheaper than really good food. Like we are driven towards that a little bit more than I was actually considering previously. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. That's an interesting thing to consider. I I think about it in regards to like all the good things like eating clean. You know, like I'll tell you I hate cooking, but when I do cook... It's a little bit therapeutic. It's kind of calming and relaxing, especially if I listen to music. If I watch a TV show while I'm cooking, it's not the same. But if I just listen to music, it's very therapeutic. I'm in the moment, you know, cutting the vegetables and stuff. But most of the time, I'll say that I hate I hate cooking. But when I'm actually doing the prep work, it actually feels relaxing and a little bit more, more chill. But these things of like buying your food, playing video games, getting consumed on social media, sacrificing your sleep, sacrificing your relationships because it's easier to stay home than go out with your friends. Or, you know, especially now, even in this world, the last two years, people, there's less and less young people who are actually working because they got such an easy kick from the government from that CRB program, the uh, Canadian Response Benefit. Everyone just got a free ride for a little while, you know, you dumped six grand into your bank account and if you're not paying rent it's easy to stay at home and just suck it up and i talked to a lot of guys during that time who were just crushing skip the dishes every single day and i was trying to get them to work out while they were doing it and they were just oh i can't afford i can't afford your online program right now and i'm like you just told me you do skip the dishes twice a day yeah man and to me those are those are millimeter choices every day like every day, if you want, like skip the dishes for lunch and then you just skip the dishes for dinner, that's two millimeters, two choices that have mega, mega effects. Yeah. And that compounding effect is, is really a challenge. You know, when you talk about like the amount of 
function that uh, the human brain loses per year. You know, it used to be that we thought that it was a really big difference um, once you get into your 20s and 30s that your brain would just kind of fall off a cliff. But this is before the concept of neuroplasticity. And, and they realized that if you put work into things, you can actually learn a language very well as an adult. And there's a lot of things you can do if you have the space for it. And one of the biggest differences is the amount of time you have to put into things versus a kid. Mm-hmm. Kid in immersion, they're getting at least six hours every day of French or whatever language they're doing. An adult finding six hours a day to practice something is going to be pretty limiting, right? But um, it is interesting when you when you look at the differences in your brain. Like we were talking about MS specifically. I, I talked to my neurologist today, and he was telling me that there's this gap um, for brain atrophy. And he's like, well, somebody with non-MS that doesn't have MS or neurodegeneration, their amount of atrophy for their brain is going to be in the realm of like 0.3% or less. Whereas in MS, it's going to be somewhere between 0.5 to 1.5%. In over what timeline? Per year. So like you'd have a 0.3 degeneration per year, roughly. Yeah. So non-compounding, whatever whatever level you're at at that point, between 0.3 and 1.5% per year. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of a big, or so 0.3% for somebody who is not a challenged. I believe it's three. Let me see. I got it right here. So my neurologist was telling me about this, and yeah, so it's 0.3% or less in people that don't have MS. And people that do, it's going to be between 0.5 and 1.5. And when you look at that, it's like, well, you're looking at a, at a starting point of double. So that's concerning. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's back to Sam's point. He's like, well, listen, man, we need to make the right decision so we can limit what's happening. Because you can take a starting point, 0.5 is almost double what 0.3 is. And that's like the starting point for their data. And it's like up to 1.5 and even beyond in some cases, but typically between 0.5 and 1.5. That's three times the double as bad already. So mm-hmm. these compounding decisions, I find it really challenging when I talk to people whose doctor underestimates the value of exercise and hasn't looked into the research on it because the research on exercise and degenerative conditions is very, very clear. Like the more, the better for the most part. So you look at these little decisions that a, it's valuable just because of the outcome for sure. B the process and the pride that you can generate from that. And the personal responsibility gives you control of your outcome in some way. Like if you know you're doing everything you can do, there's a certain sort of sense of pride and calm that come with that. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. But you can even get harder on this whole concept where it's like, okay, so let's go into a specific topic like exercise, as we do. We do. Yeah, we do, we do. Um, Let's go into something like execution. So execution is basically a way of talking about technique. You know, a lot of people say, well, I have good technique. When you look into the biomechanics of how the body works, it's actually a lot more involved than most people think. And a lot of the trainers I've worked with over the last 15 years they're like, well, I have good technique. And then we start talking about how to get into a specific muscle and what the lines look like with the fiber directions and whatever else. And you realize it can be a really big game. And then you start looking at your tempo, the, the speed that you're doing, your rep and all this sort of stuff. And you'll have these people that are, I don't want to call them Nazis, but like technique Nazis. It's like, no, it needs to be exactly perfect. You can never depart from it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you're going so far down that realm that even if you are targeting the right muscle, you likely aren't getting any intensity if there's never any breakdown. Yeah. So like the, the millimeters that you took away from what your actual goal was, 
to just get super anal about technique, you're actually taking away from that experience. And really, we need to be focused on where we're going, the direction we're going, so we can make sure we're taking steps the right way. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's an interesting concept because you can apply it to a lot of things. Can you think of any other areas in exercise where it would apply? In regards to taking millimeters? Yeah. Like, I, I guess it could be based off of um, how many, like, frequency. Like, a lot of people either not training frequent enough or they're not willing to commit to an increased frequency or they're just, it's easier to, uh, I think a lot of people take rest days when they don't necessarily need it. Because I know for a fact I've uh, trained when I've had, like, a migraine. I'm like, oh, my God, I've got such a big headache today. And I've gone in the gym and I've even done skipping with a migraine. And I'm like, ow, 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 <laughs> ow, every single jump. But honestly, after like two minutes of it, all of a sudden the migraine disappears. And then all of a sudden my whole day is better. Like I felt trash like all morning till the workout where I was like, man, I don't feel up to this workout at all. And then as soon as I started executing it, the body bounced back and I felt better all day. So I think people are maybe a little bit too easy on themselves when they give themselves a rest day. And each time you decide to, no, oh, I'm just going to miss today. That's a, another millimeter that could be missed. In the wrong direction, yeah, you're going the wrong way. So it, it's really interesting when you look at the, con- the concept and, and the consistency across realms. Um, I like to think about it kind of like a dartboard. Like, yeah, we're going millimeters, but you want to be going towards a dartboard. And um, Kaz Hansen and one talked about, oh, I'm wearing his shirt today, actually. Uh, Kaz was talking about it like this, and he's like, yeah, okay, you can choose the perfect exercise. You can choose the perfect execution. But if you don't do it with the right intention, then it's not as valuable. And conversely, if you don't have the right equipment to get the best exercise that we've come up with for this tissue, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't do the exercise. It's like, well, it might not be a bullseye, but we can at least get on the dartboard. And if we hit it with our intensity and the tempos that we want so that we can get our stimulus, it might not be the same as a bullseye, but it's in the ballpark, Mm -hmm. right? And when you listen to You're Jordan, on the board making points. Yeah, getting them points. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. But like the dartboard thing, I really like. Uh, even when like Jordan Peterson will talk about um, sin is from the word hamardia, which is to miss the target. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I think we just need to focus on shooting at the target more. Like identify the target and take the shot. Mm-hmm. So this whole concept, it really comes down to, you know, if... If you're listening to this and it's like, well, that's an interesting concept. The thing that I would say about this is if you can identify some areas in your life, and even if it was just one, one positive, one negative, you're like, when I do this, I don't feel very good. I'm going to try to limit taking those steps. When I do this, I know that it benefits me. I know that beyond a reasonable doubt, I'm not going to make excuses on that. When I'm supposed to do that, I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. That, it doesn't need to be exercise. I would say that exercise is a good choice, but absolutely. You know, even well, when I don't get my seven hours of sleep, I feel like garbage. When I have coffee after three p.m., I feel like garbage. Like it can be almost anything if you're not an, a person that's really into exercise. But even like sun exposure, the amount of water that you drink, uh, socializing with people, I think that's a huge thing. After what we've been through in the last two years of kind of the isolation game and and masks and all that sort of stuff connectedness is less seen and i think that's really impacting people in a big way yeah just like calling a friend that you haven't spoke to for a while just to shoot the breeze oh huge yeah i was talking to you about stoic philosophy as well because it's 
all this kind of kind of links into me. This is this is a conversation about trying to better yourself. I think with baby steps or millimeters, absolutely, and uh, that that kind of goes hand in hand. Like you know, even with money or financials, you know, maybe you want to increase increase your money generation, but maybe you need to de- decrease your spending, like decrease the negative and increase the positive, and you're killing two birds one stone. With the Stoic philosophy, it's it's kind of about simplifying things, and like you said, just choosing one thing. For me. You know, like I've been struggling mentally as well during these last two years with COVID, you know, like me and you, we both had lockdowns, coronavirus, our job was targeted directly through the lockdowns and we both left our career that we were in for more than 10 years plus. Um, job, not career. We're still doing the career, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, over the last couple of weeks anyways, I've had to identify what's my daily win every morning when I woke up because I was struggling to wake up and feel good about attacking the day. Even if I was training, you know, a bunch of clients in the day and it was like I, when I was training the clients, I switched on. I felt good. It felt great to socialize with my favorite people and help them exercise. But at the end of the day, I was still feeling like burnt out and beat up. And I had to identify like what's one thing I can do today to make today like end on a win that I feel good today. And I had to constantly think about and talk to my wife about it being like, babe, what are you going to do today to make sure that today is a win, successful and happy? And it could even just be taking the dog for a walk for a 30-minute walk. It could be, you know, right now with the craziness in Ukraine and Europe and things like that, I'll tell you, when it first initially happened, I was consuming so much news on it. And I was I was looking for it. So I would go on my phone and I would look, like dig deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And it was giving me crazy anxiety just to constantly look at all this negativity, negativity and constantly consume it. I wanted to be informed and know what was going on, but it was, it was crushing me mentally as well. And I had to talk to my wife and she's like, you know what, you can look at the news and you can look into it a little bit, but only once a day. And that was, uh, that, that was eliminating a little bit of a negative out of my life. And then I had to switch it into a positive and like try to take that time and do something more positive. But if you do that every single day, that adds up. Yeah, man. Well, and even focusing on the things in front of you, I, I've found is a really important thing. Like, you know, the the newborn phase is very challenging. <laughs> you know, my wife really isn't getting much sleep right now. And she's so good because she's like, well, you still need to work. So listen, I'll, I'll take care of the baby. This is my job right now, which isn't always the case, you know. Um, so she, she, I'm very, very blessed with her and she's doing a great job with the baby. But through that, it's like a, you have this little bundle of joy in front of you is perfect in every realm that you can consider at this point and there's still this challenge behind it um like sleep deprivation and, and all of the, the organizational stuff that comes with a newborn mm-hmm. um, but if you let yourself get consumed by all the details and not focus on the amazing thing that's in front of you it's crazy how you can lose that space mm-hmm. so like for me recently in my business when i when i have a client come to me and we're doing life-changing stuff that's the stuff that gets me the most excited and i have a guy named parahat that he he started working with me and he was talking about how he's from central asia i think it's uzbekistan but don't quote me on that but he's telling me that you know dealing with challenges over there is pretty significant but since he got here he was playing college ball hurt his knee it's been years since he could play ball he's like well i just i can't make any progress on it and our first day, we get him into full knee flexion, pain-free, start showing him where we're going to go. He's, he's a highlight of my week because he comes and afterwards, every time he talks to me about what he can do now versus what he was able to do previously. 
And I'm like, man, what a good focus. Like for me, it's exciting because that's the impact I want to have, but it's kind of the tree falling in the woods scenario, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't, if you don't discuss it and talk about the progress being made, you might not even know what happens, Mm -hmm. but he's made himself a highlight of my week because he's like, yeah, well, three weeks ago, just three weeks ago, I couldn't do X, Y, Z. Today we did this and this. I wouldn't have even dreamed of doing that. Mm-hmm. That is the sort of stuff that's like, man, those millimeters feel like a long distance. Mm-hmm. And if you're from the States, we can talk about eighth or 32nd of an inch, maybe instead of millimeters. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it's a, it's a really interesting concept. And coming out of this, I think it's really important when we can identify these positives and negatives, not to stack up too much. Like I would say, but one to two things in each realm are probably what we should focus on until we have those licked because the other mistake that people make is they just we were talking about this earlier if you stack too many things up it just starts to feel insurmountable and overwhelming so you just do nothing yeah so yeah so i think our our point of this conversation was just to have like kind of open dialogue on this on this talk and hopefully open some eyes into maybe your own personal life if you're listening I think if you don't know where to start, if you're feeling down and out, you know, we wrote some positives, positives down here on our board being like, you know, good places to start as exercise, even just a little bit and don't get caught up by like paralysis by analysis, like trying to do absolutely the best thing when just doing something is better than nothing, but like exercise, rest, working on your nutrition, getting sun exposure, socializing, drinking water. These are all little things that are hundred percent in your control that uh, would stack up in, in your favor over TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, video games, garbage food. Not reaching out to your friends, engaging in relationships that don't make you feel good. Like there's all sorts of stuff. And not reaching out to your friends is such a big one too because I know for a fact, like if anybody who knows you, you know, you have a thousand friends on Instagram plus, or sorry, Facebook you know, if somebody messaged you being like, Curtis, I'm having a rough time right now. Do you got time to go for coffee? I know for a fact you would go. Like, you would drop everything. Like, yeah, no problem. Let's let's do it. Let's go for coffee or come over to the house and uh, we'll do a light little workout and we'll talk about it. And the same goes for me. Like, anybody, and I do, I'm not saying we're the special ones because I think most people in your life would drop things if you asked them to. Yeah, I think that's an important point. There's a There's more people around that are willing to cultivate community than, than people consider sometimes. It's so funny because everyone wants to help other people, but nobody wants to ask for help. I don't like asking for help. I'm the rock and everyone. But like <laughs> if everyone's the rock and nobody's asking for help, then we're all just like stuck in the mud. If everyone's the rock, then we're all superstars, baby. Yeah. <laughs> if you smell. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, no, thanks for this, this conversation. I think just giving voice to a way to discuss this sort of stuff can be a really big deal and sometimes you know it's not even it is about exercise in some ways but sometimes it's not necessarily about exercise it's about having the right mindset to start making the little steps in the right direction to get to the point where you're ready to exercise so i think this can be deeply impactful but if you enjoyed the conversation absolutely like subscribe comment you know leaving a a review is always something that's huge Um, But thanks for joining us on our fantastic voyage today. And we'll catch you next week as long as my immune system holds up. (laughs) Don't drink any more sanitizer. (laughs) Thanks for joining us this week. We appreciate your support. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you would subscribe, follow, and throw us a like on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts.